and we are back once again and it is episode five if you can believe it this week we are not stopping with the hard-hitting cases though when i say the topic you may have the urge to stop playing go find another podcast because it just sounds boring resist the temptation these cases especially the last one affect you in ways you may not even realize this week we're discussing three cases related to campaign finance i know it sounds like a snooze fest I promise I'll try and make it more interesting. So first up and jumping right in is a case called Buckley versus Valeo. And I kind of see this case as a good jumping off point to know the ins and outs of campaign finance. When I say ins and outs, you don't really need to know a lot, but it's good to know something about it, especially with an election as important as this one coming up in November. It's always better to be more educated than less educated, I guess. So refocusing, Buckley. This case was decided in 1976. In the wake of Watergate, Congress started trying to sniff out any other potential corruption. This led to a ton of new measures, but the ones we're focusing on here are the ones of restrictions of how much could be contributed to a candidate. More specifically, they, Congress, set limits on the amount of money an individual could contribute to a single campaign and required the reporting of contributions if they were above a specific threshold. In addition to this, Congress created the Federal Election Commission, or the FEC. You're going to be hearing about them later. Remember them. They're important. Anyways, the issue here was if the law, the Federal Election Campaign Act of 1971, and some other provisions in the Internal Revenue Code of 1954, violated the First Amendment's Freedom of Speech and Association Clauses. We've talked about symbolic speech before on this podcast, episode two, you'll remember, and this is another form of that, speaking with your money, I guess. So the court issued an opinion per curiam. This means that the opinion is issued, quote, in the name of the court. There is not an authoring judge associated with it. So moving past that, first, the court held that restrictions on individual contributions to political campaigns and candidates did not violate the First Amendment, saying that these limitations were designed to enhance, quote, the integrity of our system of representative democracy by guarding against less desirable practices. Second, the court held that governmental restriction of individual contributions to campaigns, restrictions of candidates to their campaigns from personal or family resources, and limitation on total campaign expenditures did not violate the First Amendment. They held that these practices don't increase the chances for corruption, and the government doesn't have a large enough interest to curb them this extensively. Basically, a person can give as much as they want to a campaign, and they can can take as much as they want out of their own finances to fund their campaign, and the government can't regulate how much money is spent by a candidate on their campaign. For this episode, I'm going to leave my own thoughts at the door for right now and focus on the cases. I think The best consideration comes once you've heard them all as one. They kind of feed into each other. And so we're just going to kind of blaze through these and we'll, I'll talk a little bit more about them at the end. So next is First National Bank of Boston versus Bilotti. This case was decided in 1978 and started when the National Bank of Boston and two other banks and three corporations said that they wanted to spend money to publicize their opposition to a ballot initiative that would let the state of Massachusetts implement a graduated income tax. The attorney general told this group of corporations that 
he intended to enforce a state statute that prohibited organizations like these from making contributions to influence the outcome of a vote that does not directly impact them. Basically, the AG said, try it. The banks and corporations all sued, saying that this violated their First Amendment rights. So the question or issue here, however you want to think of it, is does the First Amendment protect the rights of corporations to attempt to influence the outcome of elections in which they have no direct monetary interest? That's a pretty big question and an important one. With Justice Powell delivering the opinion, the court said in short, yes, it does. They held that the outcome of an election is one of the main things that the First Amendment is supposed to protect. It doesn't matter if this speech came from an individual or an organization. It was still protected. In his dissent, Justice White argued that the decision undermined the importance of state regulation on competing First Amendment interests, especially because of the different economic power of corporations. Also dissenting, Justice Rehnquist argued that corporations should not be given the same rights as people and should not be given the power to influence an election like people have with the right to vote. So then this all opens the door for perhaps the most famous and controversial cases, Citizens United versus the Federal Election Commission. This case, decided in 2010, is one of the most controversial and hotly contested of probably the modern court era. Here's what happened in case you aren't familiar. Citizens United is a corporation that wanted to release a movie about Hillary Clinton, who was engaged in a race for president. Among other things, the movie expressed opinions about whether or not the senator would make a good president. The Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act, or the BCRA, prevented this. The BCRA was passed in an attempt to regulate big money campaign contributions and applies restriction to, quote, electioneering communications. Section 203 of the BCRA prevents corporations or labor unions from funding communication like this from their general treasuries, and Sections 201 and 311 require the disclosure of donors to such communication and a disclaimer if the communication is not authorized by a candidate it claims to support. This is like at the end of ads. They, you know, some corporations will say who funded the ad, like this ad was funded by I don't know, random corporation, citizens for a better America. I don't know if that's real, but something like that. Or for instance, you'll hear a candidate say, my name is Joe Biden and I approve this message. That's the kind of disclosure they're talking about. So basically the BCRA slapped a whole lot of restrictions on this movie about Secretary Clinton that Citizens United didn't like, when that would ultimately probably prevent it from getting released. And so they sued, saying that all three of these sections violated their First Amendment rights. The court, with Justice Kennedy delivering the opinion, said that the First Amendment corporate funding of political independent broadcasts in an election cannot be limited. The majority, which, you know, was decided like pretty much right along party lines in a 5-4 decision, held that political speech is one of the foundations of our democracy, and that isn't any less true if said speech comes from a corporation. The Supremes also held that the BCRA's disclosure requirements were constitutional, saying that providing the electorate with information about election-related spending resources was crucial. Citizens United opened, as I'm sure you know, a giant can of worms. Election spending went up. This usually took the form of large contributions from individual wealthy donors. 
Candidates would use super PACs to help infuse their campaign with money. According to an LA Times article that I'll link in the description of this episode, in the 2012 election, the top 100 individual donors contributed $339 million. In 2016, that number jumped to $768 million. Spending in presidential elections has increased by 66% from the 2000 campaign to the 2016 campaign. Spending on congressional campaigns during the same amount of time has grown 143%. Citizens United lets corporations participate in the political discussion. But corporations aren't people. They can't vote. They just hope that they can influence yours. That's it for us this week. If you have thoughts, feel free to reach out on Instagram where you can find me at The Supremes Podcast. Give a review and follow wherever you listen, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you.